Guess what, guys? We're not doctors. No, we are not. So if you're going to be making any major medical decisions, please consult your doctor. That includes diets, surgeries, and exercise. We love you guys. And we want you to continue to be in our OSLP family forever. So be careful and consult your doctor. Yeah. Yeah. You all know how much we love ProCare. We talk about them all the time, pretty much in every episode we record. Pretty much. So we are really, really excited to announce. They are sponsoring that podcast. Yay! Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. Yes. And we truly believe in their product because we take them every single day. I take their one-a-day capsule. Yes. And I take their one-a-day chewable. It's freaking delicious. And not only do they have multivitamins, but they have calcium chews. Yeah. Delicious calcium chews. The salted caramel is to die for. Oh, and the cinnamon roll guys tastes like a cinnamon roll mm-hmm. oh my god they also have dinner mint but mm-hmm. our favorite favorite yes. is a dark chocolate for two reasons one you can have it at nighttime for a treat mm-hmm. or make a s'more out of it we've done it freaking bomb how cool is that so go now to procarenow.com and use code oslp for 10 percent off all righty now go now what are you waiting for go get your vitamins yeah Hey guys, welcome. So, if you are anything like me, um, maybe the only podcast you listen to before were about murder. I don't know, that was me. Um, but when I, when I was pre-op, I Googled, someone was like, oh, why don't you find a podcast? And I was like, there's probably. Really? So I Googled weight loss surgery podcast, and I stumbled upon our sleep life. And let me tell you, they got me through my pre-op. I listened to Kel and Mel every day. I was like cleaning my kitchen, listening to them talk about having their surgery like five years They'll talk about that. Um, and, you know, getting their uh, partners involved, talking about, uh, you know, having a sign, how they did it through their family. And being a mom myself, that was really important to me to hear. They were covering real topics that my, weren't in my doctor's binder. So I was so grateful to have them in my life pre-op. And then afterwards, I mean, they teamed up with Lisa Lake and Nelly. Like, they're amazing. So I would like to welcome to the stage the women of Our Sleep Life podcast, Kel and Mel. You are listening to Our Sleeve Life Podcast. This is Kelly. This is Maho. And we are going to talk about binge eating and emotional eating and food addiction. Yes. 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 Which they all combine together. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And I think I have all three. So welcome. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I have all three. Yeah. That's that's why I had surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. And I didn't know I had them until after surgery. So that's annoying. 
Yeah. 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 And you know what's awesome is that we have a doctor today that specializes in behavioral um, eating. Yes. So let's bring her out. Her name is Dr. Shapiro. Dr. Shapiro. Come on out, girl. Yeah. Hello. 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 Yes. <laughs> Thanks right. for having me. Yeah. Thank Perfect. you for coming out here. All right. Okay. So let's dive in. Yeah. Yes. I want to just dive in. Get on in because like three months after surgery, you guys probably, if you guys have listened to us, you guys know that I've had some breakdowns during my journey and that guy back there, that's awesome. Like how to deal with all of it. <laughs> and he was just like, what is going on with my wife right now? And I'm like, I don't know. Yep. <laughs> but it was really weird to like not be able to eat my feelings anymore. So it's kind of crazy, and we have tons of questions for you. Yes. Ask away. All right. All right. right. So what is food addiction? Like, what is a I, – I know it's hard to describe yes. it all in one sentence. Yeah. But what's your best go at this it? This is such <laughs> an interesting question because the question is, what is addiction? Mm. And can food be an addiction? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we do hear people say, like – Food's not an addiction. You just have to eat it. So it shouldn't be a problem. Hold on. We'll just hold that. <laughs> Does that happen on podcasts? All the time. All the time. All the yes, time. Mike's. <laughs> it's fine. No worries. Well, we can keep talking through it. Yeah. You guys yeah. can hear me. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, and I think the field is very, very split. Mm-hmm. Is can food be an addiction? Yes or no. And some people yeah. will say yes and some people will say no. So what we really have to do is think about, yes, it's it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me? <laughs> it's like a boom mic at this point. <laughs> yep. Totally fine. And we're in, guys. That's what she said. <laughs> Damn it. I got, got there before you could. Dang, that's my line. I Stop know, it. I know. <laughs> All there right. So what, you know, what is an addiction? Can food be an addiction? So... Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think? I think it can. I feel like it can because I have, I'll hide it. And I feel like if I hide something, then there's a problem. Mm-hmm. I and definitely agree with that. It makes me scared mm-hmm. when I do those things. So I'm like, okay, that sounds like an, like an addictive personality to me. Because mm-hmm. I have family that do have some drug addiction and some alcohol um, abuse. So I, I've seen them like hide it from people or won't talk about it. So I'm like, if mm-hmm. I'm doing that with food, then that... Doesn't that mean I'm a food addict too? Like, well, so it's a problem. <laughs> we know it's a problem. <laughs> and, you know, the, the question is is it an addiction? So, what I thought we would do, and I printed out the list here, yeah. is let's go over the diagnostic criteria for addiction. Okay. okay. And let's see where food fits in. Okay. Okay. Let's so do it. First criteria of addiction use in hazardous situations. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Use in so hazardous. You're using the substance in hazardous situations. What does that exactly mean? Um. So drinking and driving. Okay. Okay. Well, I can eat and drive, so mm-hmm. I feel fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> and and many of us eat and drive, but mm-hmm. the question is, do you binge eat and drive? Oh, I have. Call. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's so that thing. that can be a hazardous. Situation, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Yeah. So let's put a check mark there. Yeah. So that one counts. That yes. can count. Yep. Okay. Social interpersonal problems. So avoiding events. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
right? Who lived on that. Right? Yep. We have activities to go to and we just binged and now we're not going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we feel, feel like bad about shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. All right. So we're going to check that one. Neglect role obligations. So work, home. Are you not doing things at work and at home due to binge eating? Hmm. I don't think I've done that. Right. Maybe. Did we have an example, maybe? Like, what would that look like? Well, okay. So if someone's drinking, okay. right, they may not be able to wake up in the morning and go to work. Okay. Right. Or they may miss certain things with their family. Okay. So what do we think about with binge eating? Yeah, because I would miss out on, like, doing activities because I'm in pain because I just gorged myself. Okay. Yeah. So you're neglecting things that you have to do. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay. Even if it's yeah. even if it's like cleaning your house or you know. Okay. Right? Oh yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So we're gonna put a check. Oh, these are a lot of checks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's see. Withdrawal symptoms, right? Yeah. So oh, yeah. when when an, a person is addicted to drinking and drugs and they stop using it, they experience withdrawal. Does that happen with food? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. I felt that sugar. after post op. Like yeah. the first sugar month. was a big one. Okay. Yeah. Carbs, like the way my body um processes like it all yeah like sensations. physical like tired headache just feeling achy and gross and i i feel like i went through withdrawal yeah i was with irritable sugar. for sure yeah. okay yeah. So we'll put a check maybe some sugar sweats some sugar sweats yeah that's is that a real thing mel yeah. i don't know i mean <laughs> i was like i felt like i was hot a lot and i was very sweaty for the first month <laughs> It's because the bariatric freeze hadn't kicked in. Oh, yet. the bariatric freeze didn't affect me, I think, until like year two. Really? Yeah. And then ever since I've been pissed about it. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right. All what's right. the next one? Tolerance. So when someone develops alcohol or drug problems, mm-hmm. they need more and more of the substance to get the effect. Does that Definitely. happen with binge eating? Definitely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because that's how like my Hershey's with almonds went from a regular bar to a king size bar. Yeah. And then even when I was pregnant with my son, y'all, I was having a giant one every other day. And you know what? I think <laughs> I actually mixed up the the next criteria is use of larger amounts and for longer durations. So they can be oh, similar. Okay. Tolerance okay. is more like you need m- more of it to feel the same effect. I think yeah. you do. Yeah. Yeah. I agree uh-huh. with both of those. Okay. The the longer duration. Although with when I would binge, it would be like as fast as I possibly could. Well, that's one of the criteria. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Eating yeah. rapidly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So we're checking that one too. Yep. Oh, Use of larger amounts. Okay. Repeated attempts to cut down. <laughs> Diet oh, culture. 100%. Yep. Diet yep. culture. No brainer. That's it. Right? Okay. Diet culture. Every Monday. Yeah. Okay. No. That's happening. It's <laughs> Trying to every, Did you say every Monday? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. That's right. New year, new you. Like after the year, Thanksgiving. All the things. Yep. Yeah. After Christmas. Time, Monday never comes. Yep. Time spent in use or recovery. So that would kind of go along with diets and stuff like that, right? Or would that be like Weight Watchers, like where you're going to like a It could. A it group. could be. Yep. It could okay. be Weight Watchers where you're going to a group. It could be therapy. Mm, okay. It could be doctor's appointments, but also time spent in use. So how much time in a week are you spending thinking about food? <laughs> there is no time. Going out and getting the food. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. Eating the food. Yes. And then feeling the way you feel physically and psychologically after you eat the food. So, oh my gosh, so with that time. being said, how and I know this is a whole gender thing too. Like women are normally the ones that prepare meals and prep and do all those things. So how do we 
Like, cause we have to think about those things too. Like it's on our mind 24 seven. Like I need to make my kids meal like for school. I need to make sure dinner's ready. I need to make sure it's out. Like it is an obsessive thing because we have to be preparing for our families. I think that is such a great question. And one of the, one of the tools that we want to teach people is mm-hmm. it is important to plan, mm-hmm. right? Because right. if, if you plan, you think about it, it's, it's almost like you're thinking about it in a bubble. Okay. You're thinking about it and then you're done thinking about it mm. because it's a part of the plan. Okay. If there's no plan, you'll be thinking about it all day. Yes. Oh, lunchtime is an hour. What do I want to eat? Where should I go? Uh-huh. You know, and then you're thinking and yeah. thinking mm-hmm. and ruminating and, mm-hmm. you know, then you get something and then you feel guilty about getting it and there's more thought, and more, you know? Okay. So yeah. planning is good. Obsession is where there is a problem. Okay. Like every second of every day you're right. thinking about it. Okay. Right. Yeah. I right. would. So People that don't have binge eating disorder or or emotional eating or whatever we're, we're going to call it, they still spend time thinking about food. Okay. Just not in the same way. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to check that one. Yes. Okay. Yes, definitely. Physical and psychological problems. So someone who's drinking and uses drugs has physical and psychological problems that go along with that. What mm. about binge eating? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Psychological, definitely. Okay. So we're going to check that one. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, because we obsess and like the real happens. Like even at nighttime, like I don't know about anybody else, but like when you're like laying in bed and like trying to go to sleep, (laughs) like you just kind of go through like, oh, my goodness, I've had that today. I've had this today. Is that bad? Wait. And then you start thinking like some Mm -hmm. of it's good and some of it's bad and you're just still thinking about it an Mm -hmm. hour into you trying to go to sleep. So Mm -hmm. it's like definitely a psychological thing. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it's a it's a constant like, oh, I could get up and get that. Mm -hmm. Oh, what about that? No, you don't need anything. So go back to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because middle like of the night angel is for me. in your head going. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't need it, but it sounds really good. But I've noticed that if I have um, protein throughout the day, that reel kind of is a lot less. Mm-hmm. It is a lot less. And if I don't have a high stress day, that reel is a lot less as well. So. Yeah. yeah. If I'm alone, that reel is constant. It's loud. It's very loud. <laughs> yes. I would I would agree with that. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys are really talking about a lot of the things that we do in treatment for binge eating. Okay. So when someone doesn't eat regularly during the day Mm -hmm. and they don't get enough food in during the day, they're physically hungry. Mm -hmm. So of course you're going to want easier food to get by the end of the day. And Mm -hmm. your eyes are going to say, I need more and more and more and more. And you're going to, you know, you're going to eat more. Right. So that is the physical part of it. And then the psychological part as well. Because if you're stressed and you're having a difficult day, then you're going to go on to have a binge if that's the way that you cope. Mm-hmm. Oh. Now, if you put those two things together, you're physically hungry and you had a stressful day. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just now screwed. you're doubling the chances. Yeah. Oh, that's scary business. Well, I mean, we've all been there though. Uh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Most of my days this year have been like that. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You're like, at a 365, it's been 300. Yes, exactly. Yeah. What's different about the five days? The first six months of the year, it go. was pretty stressful. And then when you live alone, it's easier to binge and have a food addiction because no, literally nobody can see you. And so you just do what you want. And then you're like, oh, I'll deal with it tomorrow. I'll deal with it tomorrow. But again, tomorrow never it comes. comes. Yep. Monday never comes. Yep. 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 Okay. So um, check that one. All right. Giving up important activities. That was very similar to the social and interpersonal stuff. Well, I was thinking like maybe you've gained so much weight that like you can't like you've been so much and you've gained weight. So you can't um, 
join activities anymore. So mm-hmm. like maybe it's hard for you to bowl or to play volleyball or play softball, something like that. Mm-hmm. So that- physically giving up activities mm-hmm. and then also maybe not wanting to mm-hmm. go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I think it it applies to it. Yep. Okay. And then the last one is cravings. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think we even need to discuss that one. No, that's automatic. That is is automatic, yes. Okay, so in the field, when we talk about these criteria for addiction and you were to ask someone, can eating be an addiction, Mm -hmm. the field is very split on that. Mm -hmm. And they would say a lot of these criteria are not the same for eating as for other addictions. But yet... When we're talking about here, we just broke the experts, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, you guys are the real experts. Yeah, we were going through it. Yeah. We Even said now. every single criteria is met. Yeah. So the stigma is so great that they can't even admit that food is an addiction. Well, so here's the thing is that is it an addiction? So uh, I the feel like behaviorally, it is. there's an addiction. Okay. Is it a food addiction? Is it an eating addiction? Oh. I didn't know there was two different. Well, uh, you know, it's just a question. Oh, okay. Because is there one specific food that we're addicted to? No, I think it's eating. We have to eat. I think it's the sensation of eating and then like how I feel while I'm eating. Mm -hmm. And then maybe the 20 minutes after I'm eating. Mm -hmm. Then after that, it hurts. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) if if I'm doing the binge, if I'm doing something that like physically is going to hurt me. Yeah. Because it's not necessarily food in general. It's about eating. Mm-hmm. If if your binge mm-hmm. food isn't in the house, some people will go out and get it, but other people will will binge on whatever is there. That's me. I will binge on whatever yeah. is there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it doesn't matter. It, yeah, it really doesn't matter. It, that's why I'm saying I for me, it's an eating addiction. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what is there. It's the emotion of being lonely or stressed or whatever it is that I'm reaching for food. Right. Because for whatever reason, that brings me comfort. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And and there are certain parts in our brain that eating does that is very similar mm-hmm. to addiction, the mm-hmm. part of your brain that gets that reward sensations. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. the serotonin levels, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Right. But it's not a substance. Okay. Right? If that were the case, we would be addicted mm. to sugar maybe or something and we would literally be like breaking – packets of sugar and, and eating it, right? Yeah, I no. mean, which some people do. I was going to say, I've seen people do Girl. that. Yeah, people do it. Yeah. No. But you'll still binge on another type of food if that wasn't available. Mm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So it's not a substance. It's a behavior addiction. I mean, we can't figure out one particular food that people are addicted okay. to. So it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I would say a behavior, it's a behavior addiction. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, same thing like gambling. That's yeah, a behavioral addiction. Mm-hmm. Gambling or like a sex addiction. addiction? Yeah, sex addiction. addiction. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So there are both behaviors. Right. So it's funny to me that they can say that gambling is an addiction, sex is an addiction. Yeah. Right. But eating is Food. not an addiction. Right. Yeah. And, and I don't understand that one either, but we do need food to live. That's what makes it so freaking hard. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Because it's everywhere. Like I remember being on my pre-op diet and I had to stop watching TV. Like I had to go to Netflix and Hulu and stuff because I couldn't watch any more food commercials. Yeah. Mm. I couldn't watch like Arby's, McDonald's, Dairy Queen, all of these commercials that were going through. And I'm like, I'm sitting here with my protein shake. (laughs) And that was before I discovered 
good protein. So well, in advertising, crap. like yeah. the color red makes you hungry. Like they have, they've learned that trick. Yes. That's why you see Arby's, McDonald's, like anything that has red is a thing Chick for your brain. Yeah. They all have red. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Right. And the other part of it is when we treat alcohol addiction or drug addiction, the treatment is abstinence. Mm. Oh, okay. right. We, mm-hmm. For you, someone you who's give it heavily addicted, yeah. we can't say, you know, just try to go out socially every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's it's abstinence. And how do you do that with eating? You don't. You, you don't. Can't. But one of the things that I like to think about is we can't not eat, mm-hmm. but we can learn to not eat as a coping mechanism. Mm. And that's where you come in. Yes. Right? <laughs> I'm right? like, that just made me think. Yeah. How do we do that? Yeah. I mean, it's it's ways to think about how you can, if you're planning your food, you're planning your meals, mm-hmm. you know when you're going to eat, you know what you're going to eat. You know, sometimes these plans change, mm-hmm. right? Friend calls up, wants to go out to dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, these things happen. Mm-hmm. But when you know you're eating and you're not hungry mm-hmm. and it's not a, um, a, a context in which people are eating. Sometimes okay. we're going out to lunch. We're not super hungry, but it's our lunch plans. That's appropriate. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. But if it's yeah. the middle of the afternoon and you're home alone and you're not hungry but you're bored, that's an emotional reason. Right. Well, and that's where like I, I think that. we've heard of it. It's called halt. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Yes. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you are any of those things, like you're supposed to check in with yourself mm-hmm. and say yeah. halt. Okay. Am I hung- as am I really hungry mm-hmm. or am I angry? Am I lonely or am I tired? Right. right. And tired and bored, I think, go together. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it could be, it could be stress. It could be lots of different things. Yeah. So you can just use that as a halt, like a reminder at halt. Mm-hmm. Just remember like, and then am I hungry? Am I really? Cause it's really hard to figure out like post-op if we're hungry because we don't have that hormone anymore. Yeah. The ghrelin's gone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we're not feeling those hunger mm-hmm. pains. So we're trying to have basically figure it out from scratch. So here's a question as post-op patients. Okay. okay. If you were hungry. And there was a piece of, if, if you're able to eat grilled chicken, I don't know. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of a type, type of food. Yeah. Would you eat it if you were hungry? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that could be the test. If you have a piece of grilled chicken in the fridge, if you mm-hmm. always keep something hands on that is appropriate, that is approved. Oh. And if you're hungry, you say, okay, <laughs> I'm going to try the grill. And if you're like, mm, no, mm-mm. That might be a sign that you're not hungry. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Shit. <Yeah>. Just like <laughs> I have my Flex Pro meals in the freezer. I have them too. And I'll be like, well, I could have that, you know, in the morning or whatever, thinking yeah. I'm going to do that. And then like I'll still have lunch. And then midday I'm like, hmm, I don't that want that. That doesn't really sound good. That doesn't sound good. I want to have some peanut butter instead. Yeah. yeah. Or just like leave, like go get that item. Yeah. Because yeah. like. I want my sandwich. Sometimes I'm like, I want that bread. See, my problem you know? is I get so busy during the day that I forget to eat. That's the first step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I forget to eat. And then I'm sh- like ravenous by the time I'm like if wherever I'm at. And then I'm like, then I want to eat anything and everything. That's normal. Yeah. Right. Because I'm not going to eat any like-, like protein during the day. Mm-hmm. I'll get my protein shake in the morning. But the hours of like nine to four, I'm not eating anything. You're starving. Yeah. So question for you, Kel. Yeah. So you're post-op. 
Yeah. How, no. You know, you're two no, years not. out. Yes. Yes. Okay. So like, we know we have to eat. We know we have to eat within a few hours of waking up. <laughs> yes. So what the hell's making you not eat? Good question. I love you. That's a thing. I love you too. <laughs> Ass face. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know. I think I just get, I mean, we all, I'm an ooh shiny person. So like if I see something out of the corner of my eye or I think of something that I need to do, mm-hmm. like I'm off doing that and then I'll bounce. Like there's this perfect example of how I clean my house. So I'll start at the sink and I'll be doing dishes, but then I see laundry on the table. So then I'll take the laundry to the bedroom without finishing the dishes. And then I will put the laundry on the bed and then I'm like, okay, well I need to fold the laundry, but I need, or hang up the laundry. So then I need to go and get hangers. So then I go get hangers, but then I see something else out of the corner of my eye and then I'll go into the office and then I'm like, oh, I have to post that. So then I will do that. Like that's, and then I end up back at my sink eventually. So your eating is the lowest thing on the priority Oh, yeah. Everything list. else is more important than eating. So we need to think about what that ends up doing later in the day. It ends up screwing me. <laughs> because I need to eat. I know I need to. But, and I have stuff on hand. That's the stupid thing is I have my nuts. I have cheese. I have salami. I have FlexPro meals. I have protein shakes. I have everything on hand. But I choose to do all the other things that are on so my So one list. of the things I like to tell my patients is to talk to yourself sometimes mm-hmm. the way you would talk to a child, right? Okay. Oh. Nurturing, yeah. comforting, and setting limits. Okay. So if your kid had to sit down and eat lunch or dinner, mm-hmm. but they're playing with this and playing with that and doing this and doing that, <laughs> are you just going to let them go all day? You're I'm gonna... basically a child. <laughs> no, no, no. We all we all have our child parts. <laughs> we all do. It's funny. Okay. But, yeah, but we, we let ourselves get away with these. We things, do. Right? right. We definitely so can do. Can you be kind to yourself and say, okay, I know you want to put this stuff away. I know mm-hmm. that I'm feeling anxious because all this stuff is out. Mm-hmm. But first I need to sit down and eat something. If you eat, then you can get up and you can do the rest of the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's like us being on the airplane, the whole like put your mask on mm-hmm. first before mm-hmm. you can help anybody else. Like that's what I we need know. to do to ourselves. Didn't I say that first? Yeah. yeah. That's why I'm pointing it out to Damn you it. because like you need to take care of yourself. I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. we all have to take care of ourselves because at yeah. the end of the day, we only have ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we have to take care of ourselves. So I will start putting myself first <laughs> and treating myself like a child. Yeah. And talking to myself. But be nice to yourself. Yes. In other yeah. words. Giving right? myself grace, but saying, okay, it's time to eat. You need to take a break, eat, and then you can come back to whatever you're doing. Exactly. And, you know, in a similar example, you know, I have patients that will say, well, I don't deserve to eat. I'm overweight. You know, oh. I need to lose weight. You know, things like that. Yeah. I shouldn't be eating. And same example, if it was a child, would you say, you know what, you're not eating until dinner? No, that's not nice. No, <laughs> they still need to eat. Yes. every. Yeah. I mean, we have to eat. It's how we live. Well, and you yell at me. Like when I work at your house on Thursdays, you're like, Melanie, just stop what you're doing. You have to eat. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to. I just want to finish this case. One more case. And you're I'm like, really good at no. telling other people what to do. Well, you're good at nurturing everyone else around you. Except for myself. Except for yourself. Yeah. So that point that you just said of I don't deserve to eat mm-hmm. when I'm overweight. 
Like, I feel like that is very poignant to me. Mm. Like, okay. I feel like that's how I felt beforehand, like before surgery. I felt like you're overweight, you're sick, like you don't deserve these things. So you need to like eat boiled chicken, like, <laughs> which we all know like there's healthier ways to eat. Oh, 100%. It, but, and better ways. Yes. Put some seasoning on it at least. So it's a nice dry rub at least. But, <laughs> <laughs> so that part, point makes a lot of sense to me and it speaks to me. Yeah. Of like, I think because this year I've gained some weight. I went through a traumatic divorce. My world has flipped upside down. And so I think somewhere in my mind, I'm saying you've gained some weight. You don't need to be eating without consciously saying it to myself. Right. So you're punishing yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't need to punish yourself, girl. You're awesome. What are you doing? Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah but my brain say, doesn't know that. And you wouldn't say that to a kid. You don't I would never that. say that to and anybody else. I don't know if you still are in touch with your dietitian, but if you mm-hmm. if you ask your dietitian, dietitian, hey, listen, um, I've gained some weight this year. So mm-hmm. what do you think about not eating all day and then just having dinner? What do you think she would say? Oh, she would kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen would. She'd be would. She was so mad at me. Yeah. I mean, she yelled at me to eat a damn potato. So. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, let's call Ellen when we get ah, back. Ah, shit. When we get back home. We'll just play this podcast for her. I know. Right? Yes. I'm going to be like, Ellen, I need you to listen to this. This is how I've been doing for the last year. So if you notice that like, hey, I'm checking all these boxes, like what the hell should we do? Because even after like weight loss surgery, like we don't want to end up where we were before. Like mm-hmm. that is like the biggest fear I know that's number one fear for me. So like, how do we prevent this? Like, what can we do? Well, I think you have to start to recognize it first. Okay. Right. You're recognizing, okay, I'm falling into these patterns again. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, get help somewhere, whether it's a support group, whether Mm -hmm. it's back to your surgeon, whether there's a therapist, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I'm sure everybody here is from all over the place. So you can look into, you know, where you live. I would definitely recommend seeing a therapist who specializes in either bariatric surgery or sometimes eating disorders. It mm-hmm. depends. They need to also have ex- they need to understand bariatric surgery as well. We were actually talking about that when we first got here about how bariatric therapy is a different breed of therapy because you understand what we're going through mm-hmm. and that it is a lot of mental um, work that we have to do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there are there are some differences between someone who is exclusively an eating disorders provider and doesn't do a lot of the work with obesity or mm-hmm. weight management or bariatric surgery. So it is important to find someone that will align with your goals. Okay. That you makes know? a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I'll be calling my office. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, now with um, telehealth kind of rules are relaxing a little bit, even if you know, you can maybe find someone mm-hmm. who isn't um, close to you. There are differences in state laws mm-hmm. depending on where people can practice. So there's okay. a lot of kind of legalities that your therapist, whoever you contact, should know about that. Okay. Um, but also it's learning. Someone, someone, one of the talks said it yesterday is to be comfortable with discomfort. Yes. Right. Being and comfortable that, with uncomfortable. Yep. Be, yep. Exactly. Right. When you are craving food, Think about what that feels like. It's Everybody for a second, right? Think yeah. about it. Whether like, you're feeling stress yeah. or you're feeling a craving or mm-hmm. whatever, you can learn how to ride that. You can validate yourself. I know I'm feeling this way. And this is an uncomfortable feeling. Mm. 
But well, feelings go away. Well, I think before, like I didn't like sitting in the uncomfortability. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned being six years post-op is that it's okay to feel your feelings. Yes. 100%. Like, we have discovered that doing this podcast, we yeah. have learned that it's okay to feel our feelings. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be angry. Mm-hmm. All of those things are fine. It's what you do with those emotions that matter. Yeah. Right. So if you're taking those emotions and giving yourself leeway to do whatever you want, whether that be, you know, gambling, drugs, eating, and you're doing it to punish yourself almost, I feel like sometimes like you're eating, you know, it's bad for you, right. but yeah. you're still doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Right. It's the hiding part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the one, you know, you're doing it in abundance. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you could think about um, someone who doesn't have an addiction problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Breaks up with the boyfriend, gets a divorce mm-hmm. and wants to go out for a drink with a friend. Is there anything wrong with that? No. 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 That's not a problem. Mm-mm. You know, maybe they're drinking because of emotional reasons, but mm-hmm. when is it a problem? When they start doing it every day, mm-hmm. when they start doing it too much, when they start sneaking, mm-hmm. lying, you know, all the criteria that we talked about before. And that could also be a slippery slope for surgery. And I'm curious to hear what mm-hmm. people think about that, right? Yeah. Do you want to give yourself that, oh, you know, today I'm feeling sad, so it's okay to go out and get ice cream. And and at what point are you going to say, okay, this could be a slippery slope? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like after um, my ex left me, I gave myself that leeway. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, it's okay. You, your ex, your husband just left you. So it's okay to go eat cake. Right. It's okay. You're, you'll, you can eat cake for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's fine. Your husband just left you. Like, I gave myself that leeway. But then as I went further and further and further, it was giving myself leeway to eat whatever I wanted. Right. So, so I back, definitely went through that. Do you think if you could do it all over, would you have set like a time limit on it? Like, okay, you can do that today. No, I would have said, no, you're not like, go find something else to do. Okay. If I could go back, I would probably be like, I'm going to go on a walk instead or because it's, it's, it is a slippery slope and I have an all or nothing personality. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where I'm at, where I'm at. But <laughs> Well, all or nothing can be worked on too, mm-hmm. right? If you start catching that, those all or nothing thoughts, and you yeah. can sa- start to say, I'm doing all or none thinking, mm-hmm. catching it. Okay. It doesn't have to be this way. And moving it on, moving on from it. Oh, man. <laughs> where can problem. Jesus. Well, where can people find help like from you? Um, so for me, so I'm in California. Mm-hmm. So um, it really depends on where people live. Um, and I have uh, databases that I could look. So if someone is in a, in a different state and wants to work with me, um, you know, you guys can always contact me and I can let you know if I can or can't. Okay. But um, I can also try to steer you in the direction of the state where you're at to try to find someone if I can't. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And she just finally got on Instagram. Woo-hoo! Oh, yeah. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say. Like two days ago. Like yeah. two days. Yeah. I was looking at everything for this for this retreat and I was like, oh, my God look at this. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. So I literally just got on Instagram. Um, and what was the other thing I was going to say? And this, What's your handle? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just everybody it. behavioral yeah. health. There you go. Oh yeah. And then there's a flyer yeah. on your tables and that's, yes. um, if you want to sign up for a program that I'm going to be launching sometime soon. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I mean, this conference is so great because mm-hmm. I'm used to going to conferences where it's like, so 
you know, professional and, and you guys are. Just, and then you, you got linked up awesome. with us, which are just No, because it's real. Yeah, you guys it's are real. real yeah. You know, we, well, that's, thank that's you. We're here. Yeah. Well, we're going to open it up for everybody that's here. We have a mic if anybody has any questions for Dr. Shapiro. Um, so if you guys want to do that, this is your time. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations to up. everybody for yeah. doing this, for being here. You guys Yay. rock. Any questions? Any questions? I have a question. Okay. So this may be like silly, but what's the difference between obsessing and craving? Like I know the difference, but I feel like do I obsess over craving? Are there two, there are two different Ooh. things, right? Like obsessing over like, let's say for example, I see a Pizza Hut commercial and then I'm like, I will keep thinking about the Pizza Hut, the Pizza Hut. So is it really a craving or... Turn into an obsession? Are they different? Are they the same? I know it's like silly. I don't know. No, it's not silly at all. So the question is, what's the difference between a craving and an obsession? And can a craving turn into an obsession? Yeah. So when I think of obsession, I think about thoughts in my head. When you think about cravings, what do you think about? It sounds like it could be both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, maybe an obsession wouldn't be a craving in a situation where you're just thinking about what to eat all day long and you just can't get it out of your head and it's food in general and it's not a specific craving, okay. craving but you're talking about one specific thing. And, and you know, with cravings are strategies too because sometimes you can give into the craving and be done with it. Mm. Um, other times you can ride the wave and the craving goes away. But an obsession, you would continue to think about, to think it. about it, even after you got whatever you were obsessing about. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it would go away. Maybe it would come back tomorrow. But what, you know, the treatment for obsession in general is it's kind of exposure. It's not giving into. When you have an obsession, how do you get rid of it? By giving into it. Mm-hmm. By giving into it. And then the obsession comes back and it's mm-hmm. just this whole feedback loop. So you have to. You have to kind of learn ways of stopping that. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I think a craving can turn into obsession. I see some questions over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. We'll get that oh. table because I saw those hands first and then we'll move over to the left. <laughs> oh. Oh, I've done that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I completely agree because I have a problem with, I like little bits of everything. So if I could go to a restaurant and be like, can I have two bites of everything on your menu? I would be happy. So I do the same thing. I'll be like, Chicken sounds really good, but so does steak. Oh, I could just have a piece of cake for for dinner. Like it sounds like FOMO. I do. I definitely have FOMO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Wow. So in an example like that, one thing that comes to mind for me is, um, and I use this with so many different examples, but to really think about the child situation and how you would talk to a child, right? Whether it's in the same food environment or you can think about going to a toy store and they can't decide. So they've got like five, six, seven, however many toys in their basket and they're sitting there and they they don't know which one they want. I mean, are you going to let them sit there for two hours Mm. and decide? Or are you going to say, you know what, let's just take all of them since you can't make up your mind? You know, you would think about, yeah, they all look fun. You know, we can come back another day, but today we're, we're going to pick one, Mm. you know, and if they still can't make up their mind, you can say, okay, well then I'm going to pick for you. Yeah. To kind of do that to yourself. It sounds like, yeah. To help out. Next question. Yeah, I mean, I haven't read that book, so I I can't really comment too much on that perspective. But the the term is it an, an addiction? You know, that's kind of where, you know, if you if you can just stop eating it, are you able to? You know, okay, like mm. can you just stop eating? And if you do start, then does it become you go right back into addiction mode? And can you, are you, are you physically able to have a little bit? Do we treat it like abstinence? Should you not have sugar? Because you have to think about it. Sugar, wheat, flour, like all these things, it's in so many It's in everything. Foods. Everything. Yeah. And sugar can be fine in small doses, mm-hmm. but like they put sugar in ketchup. Yeah. Like, or like Taco Bell puts honey in their tortillas mm-hmm. and it's an addicting flavor because you want you crave that sweetness Mm -hmm. even people that don't really like sweets cake things like that you're still getting sugar because you're having it in random products yeah barbecue sauce ketchup sauces especially yeah and you can you can know yourself and know okay i don't really do well with these foods and Mm -hmm. maybe make the decision to not have them and, you know, when it comes to bariatric surgery, you know, your surgeons or your dietitians might say, you know, that's better. Just avoid those foods. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why there is a difference sometimes between an eating disorder provider that doesn't work with bariatric mm-hmm. surgery because they, they may not they may not understand that you do need to restrict some of these foods. And then mm-hmm. they may try to help you by incorporating these foods again, which can be very good for some people. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we live in a world that has all of these foods and we want to be able to navigate that if we can. Yeah. But for other people, it may turn into a problem. Mm. So like you can incorporate foods in small doses and you're fine for the most part. For the most part. Yeah. I Not so much for me. Yeah. I'm I don't know what that where that even comes from. But yeah, I can totally just have like little bits and be totally fine and move on and not yeah. have any issues. So uh, is that my all or nothing personality? It might be. Mm. All right, Kate. So for the for binging, there's always the shame cycle. You mm-hmm. go binge and then I hear I'm gonna do better. Do you have any recommendations for people to kind of work through that so that they're not always binging on themselves? 
Yeah. I mean, that's a really, yeah. So the question is, is like, how do you stop hating yourself when you binge? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, can we bring up the talk to like, as if it was a kid example again, right? (laughs) Like if it was a kid, right. You, you might punish the behavior, but not the child. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, let's talk about what happened. My therapist always Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's it's because you wouldn't talk to someone else mm-hmm. like that. You wouldn't right. hate someone else and mm-hmm. you wouldn't tell a kid, I can't believe you did that. You are mm-hmm. disgusting. Mm-hmm. You are not going to eat tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm embarrassed for you. You know what? You shouldn't even go out and look at people tonight because oh. they can probably tell that you did that today. You know, like these are things that mm-hmm. I've heard people say, yeah. you know, so thinking about, okay, if this was your kid at home that did that, what would you say to them? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's uh, going back to that is really good because like as you say it, I'm like, oh, (laughs) I say that sometimes. Totally have done that. Yeah. 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 Well, this was such a serious topic. <laughs> yes, it was. We're going to have to like have some fun later. So yeah. thank you, Dr. Shapiro, thank for hanging you. out with thank us, you. doing thank this with us. Me. This was yeah. freaking amazing. Yeah. Give her a round of applause, everyone. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. All righty. All right. And we will see you, you guys, guys next time. time. Bye. <laughs> All right. So everybody, come up front so we can get a selfie. Yeah. Hey, listeners, if you've enjoyed your time with us, please rate, review, and subscribe on any platform that you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on patreon.com forward slash OSLP for exclusive content with your favorite girls ever. Yeah. And also, check out our YouTube page. Subscribe, hit that little bell so you get notified when our new videos drop a week after they are released. Yeah, and we would like to give a big thank you to Anne-Marie Cruz for our logos, Eric Vaughn with 17th Street Studios, because he provides our music and our recording yes, space. Thanks for listening to Our Sleeve Live podcast, where we are breaking that stigma one episode at a time. <laughs>